Welcome to the Rival Sports Fantasy Podcast. I appreciate you for joining me as always. I am your host, Neil Maligno. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit subscribe now so you do not miss an episode. Today, we are talking about the three hottest topic in sports that we find interesting. There's a lot to pick from. At the end of the day, we can only choose three, and that's what makes this show so interesting and fun. You are now listening to the Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. Let's go. I always love for you guys to chime in, so go ahead and drop your comments down at the bottom. Whether it's about the first topic, the second topic, the third topic, a topic we might have missed, a topic that you think was the most interesting, whatever it is, we reply to every single comment down there, so we really appreciate the interaction, the support from you guys. Thank you to those who have subscribed. If you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe. And this podcast show is brought to you by Rival Fantasy Sports. It's a rivalfantasy.com website you can go to and play daily fantasy sports or you can download the Rival Fantasy Sports app on your smartphone, Android, iPhone, whatever it is. Get in there, have a lot of fun, use our promo code or link that is in the description, and have a blast. Now, let's go ahead and get to today's topics. Now, our number one headline of the day is a controversial one. It is one that is covering a wide range of areas. And what I mean when I say that is golf, the PGA Tour, live golf. It's not just about sports. It's a very political topic. It's an emotional one. And so I had to make it topic number one. I'm not even a crazy huge golf fan. I'm not even, you know, a, a, a golf nut at all. Like it isn't necessarily, you know, the first sport I choose to watch or the first sport that I'm, you know, top, top tier sport for me in terms of, you know, the ones that I consume the most. But this is hard to pass up this topic, this conversation. Let me go ahead and just bring up you know, the, the headline first. So we get, so we kind of get everyone caught up in case maybe you're not paying attention and you don't know what's going on. Let's talk about it. PGA tour live golf merger is a major win for the Saudis and Americans are slamming it. This is from CNBC. And the reason why I bring up this site, this headline, everything is to show that how, you know, political this topic is, how emotionally charged this topic is. And this is what, you know, it happens in sports. It is what it is. If I go down here, I'll just, the key takeaways here on the site, the two-year-long fight between the PGA Tour and Saudi Arabia's Live Golf come to a stunning conclusion with the Tuesday news that the arch rivals are now joining forces. This is this is the big deal. American lawmakers, commentators, and sports fans are calling the deal hypocritical and accusing the PGA Tour of taking Saudi's blood money and doing sports washing. Financial analysts say the merger will elevate golf globally and give it new resources to expand its fan base. So in case you're not really... In the loop here, PGA, PGA Tour, this has always been the golf thing, right? Like if you're watching golf, you're watching PGA, you're watching the PGA Tour. This is where all the professionals are at. This is the money maker. This is the, the big deal, right? This is the NFL, if you will, of, of golf. So Live Golf is backed by Saudi Arabia, as you see here, and their, and their money over there. And they started their own league. So they, it's like, you know, it's like the NFL and then uh, Arena Football, XFL, you know, Canadian league, it's like this other league that gets created, right? So it becomes a, a competitor of the PGA. And when this happened, the PGA did not embrace it. They attacked it, you know, very strongly. And we'll get to some of that here in a second. And the, the, the players were divided, right? So some players went and signed huge contracts with live some stayed with PGA. Everybody kind of dug their foot in the sand and, you know, made it very clear what side they were on, how they felt about it. And this goes all the way from the players to the, the, the top, 
you know, leadership at the PGA itself, right? So this is why this gets really messy because out of nowhere, this wasn't like something that was highly reported, highly discussed. Out of nowhere, something that was not going to happen, it was shut down from every angle, just pops up and happens where these two are now merging, joining forces, if you will. They're joining forces. And here we are. You have this situation where everyone's going to put their own spin on it. Some people are going to say, this is great for golf. Some are going to say, this is absolutely embarrassing. This should not be happening. Others are going to get very political with it. There's just all different angles to take from it. I think the best thing to do is to start with uh, Jay uh, Mahanahan, who, again, is a top leadership at executive at the PGA Tour and who blasted this. You know, the idea of the PGA and live ever, you know, joining forces, if you will, or becoming a team, he openly came out and spoke against it, right? So this isn't like he was open towards it or, you know, you know, kind of iffy on the subject or nothing. He was very against it. Let's go ahead and just pull this up just so you can see exactly what I'm referring to. This is before all this happened, before the agreement, before the merger. This was Jay's thoughts on Live Golf. To your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league. Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually. Uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? All right, so we'll stop there. And so you kind of see here, you know, just from that, you know, that that interview, that quick 30-second clip from Jay, how he felt about it, how he attacked it out the gate, right? Like, this was their, was their initial response when the players started having to choose sides, when the live announced. This was the PGA Tour's response. This was how, this was, this is very strong-handed, Right. They go straight to, you know, the ugly side of what, you know, has occurred with Saudi from a political standpoint and, you know, kind of divided everybody at that point, right? You divided the fans, you divided the players because you guys had to kind of choose sides at that point. Even, even fans really had to like, you know, had this discussion on whether this was right, this was wrong. And so that's what occurred, you know, initially. And this is why everyone is being so critical of the PGA right now when this was announced, because you see a clip like that. Everyone, you know, chooses their side. You feel very strongly about a statement like that. That's not that kind of statement is not something you would take lightly, right? It's a very serious topic. And then you go and do what you do by merging with that said group. It looks really bad, right? It looks really ugly. And uh, let's go ahead and actually see from uh, a player's perspective, which is Rory, uh, his his opinion on the situation now that the deal was actually made. Just again, just a quick um, piece of this. With the headlines being merges with live, like that's not the. I mean, if you look at the structure of how it's structured down, this this new company sits above everything. Jay's the CEO of that, so technically, anyone that is involved with live now would answer to Jay. So you know, the PJ Tour have have control of everything, and the one thing as well is, you know, whether you like it or not. The PIF, we're going to keep spending money in golf. 
at least the PGA Tour now controls how that money is spent. This is a big thing right here. You know, so I'd, you know, if you're thinking about some, you know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or, the, or an enemy? Um, at the end of the day, money talks and you'd rather have them as a partner. Money talks and you'd rather have them as a partner. So here we are. Here we are in just another situation in life where money is the deciding factor. And this is why, you know, people have, you know, a real attack on money in general. You know, the, the those who chase money, those who money is the goal, those who are driven by money and money only. At the end of the day, business is about money. It's about money. That is, There's no other way to put this, right? So at the end of the day, he says money talks and you'd rather have met your partner. So everything you said, the emotional standpoint, the political standpoint, this passionate position, you, you know, just automatically turn your back on it and now it doesn't matter anymore and you just rather have them as your partner. That definitely is falling on uh, people in a very bad way. They're not happy about it. They're very critical of it. And again, you can understand why. Here is a uh, clip I, I want to play now from Bryson uh, DeChambeau. He's also a golfer. And he's one of the ones who are on the on the live side. And he talks about this on CNN, actually, about his position in terms of, you know, how he feels about it. And this is where I say it gets political. Again, we're talking about sports on CNN. And, of course, you know, they're, they're making this a very political thing, which and you can feel either way about it, how you want, whether that's right or wrong. But uh, it's just it's a simple fact. So here it is. Just a piece of this clip. I'm not going to play the whole five minutes. It's not just about 9-11. What, does it make you uncomfortable at all? Because it's not just that. They're accused of financing terrorism. They also are accused of killing a Washington Post reporter, Jamal Khashoggi. How do you feel knowing that that is where the money is backed by? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's unfortunate what has happened. And that's something I cannot necessarily speak on as I'm a golfer. But what I can say is that um, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to work on, is, is to be better allies, because we are allies with them. And, and look, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I'm not specialized in that. But what I can say is they are trying to do good for the world and showcase themselves in a light that hasn't been seen in a while. And nobody's perfect, but we're all trying to improve in life. All right. So that's, the, you know, that again, I don't want to talk politics. I don't want to talk right or wrong in that sense. I don't want to talk about your beliefs, my beliefs, none of that. It's not really uh, what we're here for. It's just the point that this is a hot topic in sports. Golf is obviously a huge sport, and you have this situation now where, you know, politics and sports are mixing the a major sports league. And we've seen this in the past where politics find their way into a major sport. We've seen it with the NBA and the whole China situation. It happens, right? But now, you know, you don't necessarily see situations like this where a league is so you know, dead set against another league that forms and that starts and then eventually merges with said league after, you know, drawing this line in the sand and, and making a very strong political, emotional, uh, moral reasoning for not liking them. Not just like, oh, they're our competitor. They went like, they went dark with it, right? So um, again, you can choose whatever side you want in terms of politically what you feel is right or wrong. I'm curious your thoughts. Drop them in the comments as always. We will respond to every single comment that you leave. We'll also share them sometimes on the show. We appreciate those, but I'm curious, do you think the PGA merging with Live with the Saudi-backed golf league is wrong? Or do you think, hey, it helps the sport, 
It'll help evolve the sport. And that's all that really matters to me. That's the main goal, the main objective. The players have more, you know, they get more wealthy. They have more opportunities to make money. Everything is bigger, better, and just that's all I care about. Let me know in the comments. I'm curious what you guys think. Let's go to topic number two. You know we weren't going to get out of here without talking about the NBA Finals. You know we weren't. We've been doing it every single week. Well, you know, it's been the playoffs up until now. So now we're talking about the NBA Finals, Nuggets versus Heat. The series is currently tied 1-1. If you asked me before the series started, I would have said, hey, I could I could easily see the Nuggets sweep in the Heat, but I definitely don't see a world where the Heat don't, where they, where the Nuggets don't win, right? The Nuggets you know, to me, that's why I said that I, I could even see him sweeping the heat early on because that's just how I feel. I just feel that from a team perspective, from overall talent, the Nuggets have more options, more weapons, more depth, uh, just the more better players in terms of Jokic, Murray, MPJ, Aaron Gordon. I just feel like these guys are at a higher level and you can't go down the line for the heat and give me that many good players. Not not, not good players, but that, at that level, right? Like Jimmy Butler obviously is great. And then it starts to just taper off really quick for me. Where, whereas with the with the Nuggets, I think Jokic is obviously amazing. I think Murray is really good. I think Aaron Gordon and MPJ are, are, are really solid players. So I just think they have a little more depth, a little more talent. However, the Heat, as they've been doing all playoffs, have made this fun, have made this interesting. The series is tied 1-1. Game three is actually tonight, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, game three is tonight in Miami, so that should be exciting. One of the big points coming into this playoff series is that a lot of people said, hey, no one cares about the Nuggets. No one cares about the Heat. This isn't really that interesting of a playoff series. I'm not going to watch it. That you know, that I don't really care. It's not that interesting. I like this uh, tweet from Vic Lombardi. Ticket demand is higher in Denver than last year's NBA cities. Ticket prices higher in Denver than Miami. TV ratings are highest in Denver by a lot. TV ratings nationally are just as high as last year. So I guess the Nuggets are interesting after all. Shout out to Vic for that. <laughs> I appreciate that because, again, a lot of people act like the Nuggets are boring. You know, Nikola Jokic is their best player. He's not exciting to watch. He's boring basketball. Hence why a lot of people argue against him winning MVP just because they feel like you know, the Nuggets are, are boring or Jokic is boring. However, clearly the statistics that Vic Lombardi shared there says otherwise. And it's funny that he says ticket prices are higher in Denver than Miami and that TV ratings are higher in Denver. That's interesting, right? That leads you to believe that maybe Miami doesn't support the team as highly as Denver does. There's a lot to do in Miami. So that's the excuse for whenever someone doesn't support something at a, at a super, super, super high scale in Miami, like they do in other cities, right? Like even Denver, for instance, here in this, in this actual argument, they always love to say, well, there's nothing to do in Denver, but there's so much to do in Miami. Right? So that's, that's always the argument, the defense for Miami to, uh, to give on why they don't support whether it's their sports teams high enough or whatever the case may be. It's harder to make it in Miami in terms of attention because attention is spread out all over the place, which, you know, they are right in some regards. So either way, this series is obviously interesting to people. Obviously basketball fans, NBA fans are watching it and consuming it because it says that the TV ratings nationally are just as high as last year, which is good. I'm happy to hear that because it is, you know, a bummer when, you know, you think that, you know, teams aren't being watched as much just because they're either not in a, in a popular city or they don't have the, you know, three star players all in one spot. I'm happy to hear that people are watching Nikola Jokic. People are watching Jimmy Butler. People are watching this series. It's still a fun series. It's still interesting. Even if you think like, oh, 
the Nuggets are capable of sweeping the Heat or they're you know capable of being a way better team than the Heat. It doesn't make it not interesting. Just the fact that the, the Heat are here makes it interesting. The fact that the Heat have won a game makes it even more interesting. So I think the series will only get better and better in terms of that kind of stuff. Some of the things that you're taking away from it is the Heat, whether it's the coach, whether it's the players, have definitely have better post-game press conferences, definitely are better in terms of whether you know it's funny, whether it's something that you know, causes headlines. The the Nuggets are more of a low key team in, in terms of in terms of that kind of stuff. They're kind of like the Patriots, if you will, in terms of how they handle the media. They're just not as fun or interesting. Uh, but Miami has kept things interesting. Spolstra recently had the whole rant where he kind of people thought he kind of attacked the reporter for asking a question. He uh, the reporter did say that he called her and apologized and said he didn't know why he you know took that stance on it. So that was good to hear at least. But in terms of um, some interesting content from them, I think. One of my favorite things that has been said during this series, well, actually not during the series, but just when you know the Heat were getting into the finals, is that uh Spolstra was talking about defense because they were asking him how you know how, how the Heat have such good defense. And I thought this was an interesting little mention from him. If your best players aren't defenders, it's hard to create a good defense. We have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They care about defending and doing the tough things. It's pretty easy to figure out the rest of the stuff. And yeah, see, I, I I like that. See, obviously, Spolstra's getting a lot of credit because he's done a great job coaching this team. And, you know, when you ask, how is this team doing so good? They've had injuries to major players on the team. They don't have as many, like I said, as much depth or as much high skill players. I feel like they're more streaky. They get guys who go off on games, and if they don't go off, you know, from a three-point perspective or whatever it is, and they really kind of struggle. And so you ask yourself, how does this team – still compete how is this team in the finals how does this team get there and part of it is defense right and when it comes to defense it's this it's this thing where some people don't even care about defense on a team they feel like hey just score more points who cares about you know how you play defense but i like that the heat care about it they focus on it they coach it but they also understand the fact that your best players have to play good defense and that the rest will fall in line and, and what he means by that kind of is not just like oh you know, they have to be good defenders, but also that they care about it so much and they make it a focal point. And they don't like just kind of push it off in coaching or in practice that the rest of the players fall in line with it as well. And, you know, want to be good defenders and want to be like the leaders on the team. And so that's a really, you know, I think that's a cool, you know, talking point and it's a cool thing to hear a coach say and hear, you know, players that are doing that. And I think it's an interesting thing to see what other teams are focusing on defense in that way. What other teams have their best players you know, totally bought in on defensive side of the ball, really good defenders. And this is why when you hear a lot like the draft is coming up, right? This is why a lot of times you hear this guy's a really great defender and he's in the lottery and you're like, well, he's not like super, super crazy on the offensive end, but he's so good at defense. He can shoot the three, the three and D kind of guys are so highly touted because those are the variables that you need, right? Like, you know, certain guys can, score all day long but they can't play defense and that's a vulnerability that makes you that's a that's a glaring weakness on a team you can't it's hard to hide that so in this case you got a guy like jimmy butler who could put up you know points but also really cares about the defense you got a guy like bam who could put up points but really cares about the defense and so that's how you should be building a team in this case we, we see a good blueprint i think in, in this case where teams maybe who you know don't have the three stars or have two you know, uh, you know, future Hall of Famers to, you know, best in the league kind of guys, you know, a team like the Heat where you see a Jimmy Butler, Bam, I know they got some injuries and those players that got injured helped them get here. But at the end of the day, when you see that, it's got to be motivational. It's got to be a uh, something to build off of in a way to kind of 
formulate your team and, and build around your team. You need a guy who's a dog. You need a guy who's a monster on defense, a guy who cares about it, and a guy who can score all day whenever he wants to at will. That's Jimmy Butler. You get you one of those, and then your next best player, you got to get him to buy in on defense. You got to make it so that he can score points, and you get another, and you just keep compiling those kind of guys, and then it's contagious at that point. It's, this might almost sound like obvious, but it's not. And we've seen teams fail in the playoffs, I, I believe, because of this. Some of these teams that failed, not all of them, but some of the teams that failed in the playoffs, I do believe, is because they don't have guys who are dogs. And being a part of being a dog is caring about defense, right? Because if you're, if you're a dog and that's in you, that's in your heart, that's in your gut, then you're going to care about defense just because you don't want to get beat like that. So it is what it is, but I think that the Heat you know, are giving themselves a fighting chance because of guys like Jimmy Butler. And if your team doesn't have a guy like that, which I'm not naming any names. You can name them in the comments. You know who I'm talking about. There's some teams who don't have dogs, man, on defense. When it comes to winning, they just don't care as much. And there's also a quote from uh, Jimmy Butler where he said, you know, my focus, I'm not pressed to score points. Like, that's not my focus. I'm pressed to win games. Again, get you a player like Jimmy Butler and you will have more success. It is it's, it is what it is. And when I say, uh, you know, of course, if everyone had Jimmy Butler, of course, I don't mean just Jimmy Butler. Like, you know, the guy who could put up 40. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler, the dog. Jimmy Butler, the guy who plays good defense. Jimmy Butler, the guy who has all the heart and is willing his team and is contagious for his team. That's what I'm saying. That is all I have for the NBA Finals because obviously it's still early in the series. It's just these two teams left. We know who they are. There's no real questions here, but I am curious who you think will win the series and how many games? So if you think it's Nuggets in seven, put Nuggets in seven in the comments. If you think it's the Heat in seven or the Heat in six, get crazy. Get crazy and say it. Heat in five, get crazy. Put it in the comments. I want to chop it up with you guys in there about it. Let's go ahead and move on to topic number three. The last one for today is a baseball topic. We have a player who is hurt who is done for the season. And it's not just that. That's not the reason why we're talking about him only because of that. Well, it is because he's a free agent that signed with the new team, signed a massive contract is one of the best players. Actually, I, I, I think is the best player in his position when healthy was, was on my favorite team, but he left and signed with a new team, signed a massive contract. And now he is done for the season. Again, that player. Yes. You may have guessed it already. If you are aware you are on top of the news is Jacob deGrom, Jacob deGrom, uh, has to get Tommy John surgery again, so he will be out for the rest of the season. Here is him being emotional when you know discussing it. And to not be able to be out there and you know help them win, that it stinks. If you want to be out there, like I said, we got a special group. Um, you know, I love being around these guys, and um. You know, that's where you feel like a letdown. You're letting those guys down. But, you know, we have, like, Dane stepped up and done a great job, and the pitching staff's unbelievable. So, um, uh, you know, be here and root them all. That's all I can do. So, yeah, you see, I wanted to share that because we have to remember, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, you may be upset, you may be pissed off about this, you may be bummed out about this, but it's important to remember that, hey, these guys are humans, and it's good to see that the player cares, right? Because a lot of times – People get this thing where they like kind of take away emotions from players. They take away, you know, the the heart or the you know the the love for the game. And Jacob Degrom here in this moment is being vulnerable. He's talking about his situation, his injury that he's dealing with. This is not his first time dealing with this, and it's probably why he's more emotional about it. And then you know the fact that you know he wants to be out there, and that's a good sign for Ranger fans to see that. Obviously, it sucks though from a perspective of the team. 
And I did say, you know, he was a Met, right? I'm a Mets fan. Here I got, um, you know, Michael Marino on Twitter. The Mets had concerns about both Kumar Rocker and Jacob DeGrom's physicals. The Rangers took a risk aggressively going after both. And two years later, they have both undergone Tommy John surgery. A very tough break for Texas. Wishing a speedy recovery to both. Of course, we all hope that, you know, they recover quickly. But it's a good point because it's a part of sports. That's how it works, right? Like, sometimes you take these risks and they play out really well for you. Sometimes you take them and they don't play out so well. In this case, like with guys like Jacob DeGrom, it doesn't mean it's over. Like, the risk you took, it doesn't mean, like, you you failed at it, right? Like, he's going to come back. He's going to, you know, hopefully be able to be healthy consistently and, and be one of the top. Because he when he's healthy... He's the top in the game. In my opinion, there's no better pitcher in baseball than Jacob DeGrom, a healthy Jacob DeGrom. That just is what it is. And so it sucks to see this. Again, as a Mets fan, I was I, I loved having, you know, Jacob DeGrom for all those years. He was it was fantastic. Then when the season came up and he took more, you know, he took the money and went to Texas, I was bummed out about it for sure. But I also felt there was no reason the Mets should have given him that kind of money. It's just like at some point, like as a fan. You understand, like, hey, I love this player. I want this guy to be on the team. But at the same time, I don't want my team taking that kind of risk. And so while it's bummed out for Jacob DeGrom, it's bummed out for Texas, you hope that this plays out well. He recovers, you know, as you know as best as possible. It doesn't keep reoccurring. You also have to give, you know, props to teams like the Mets, who also were willing to take a risk and sign these guys. They just wanted, you know, extra, you know, protections or shorter contracts, less money, you know, caveats in the contract or in some cases like rocker. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. Like these guys didn't make it work with their former teams who had the concerns and, you know, the Mets are on the winning side of that right now. Obviously the team isn't even playing, you know, fantastic, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I give, I give props to both angles, right? Cause I respect the risks. I respect the risk takers. I respect them, you know, taking that chance and doing that. At the same time, I respect the Mets for being a smart organization, and, and it's, it's kind of um, a long time coming sometimes, it feels like, for the Mets. And so, you know, for them to make some right moves also feels, you know, feels good as a Mets fan. Sucks to see DeGrom get hurt, but it's good to see, you know, them making the right decisions. Also, just really quickly in terms of how this does hurt uh, the Rangers for this season, it's kind of nuts when you look at it. But USA, USA Today posted this. Texas Rangers flushed away millions with DeGrom. They have... Um, the Texas Rangers have paid Jacob DeGrom $30 million for his 2-0 and record and 2.67 ERA, covering just six starts this season. So that's the kind of risk they took. It was a huge gamble, obviously, and it's not going to pay off this year. And then next year, you think about it, they can pay him another $40 million, I think it is, and he's got to recover because this is like a year-long you know, recovery. You, you, know, you don't get back to normal for a long time from a surgery like that. So flushing more down the drain. I think the article said it was like $70 million they would have flushed down the drain or something. I, However you want to look at it, you say they say flush on the drain, but you know just the risk they took, and obviously you know as of right now that gamble is not paying off. Will it eventually? Potentially, maybe, maybe it will. You know we'll, we'll see. You know we'll see how we'll see how that goes. But you know for the for a two zero start to the season, Texas Rangers, you know are eating that you know thirty million this year. Again, USA Today. This is from them. I mean, 2-0, 267 ERA, 2.67. He was doing well, right? Like in the games he played, he was playing well. It's just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. It's the way things go. It plays out this way. Those are the top three headlines for the week. I appreciate you guys for joining me for those. If you've made it this far, I want to tell you one more thing. I want to help you out. If you look in the description, there will be a link for you to use. 
That link is for Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy is the daily fantasy sports platform that you know sponsors this show. It is run by this you know Rival Fantasy. <laughs> so not a sponsor. It literally is the company. And so this is the desktop version you're looking at here on the screen. This is the challenge system. Very simple to play with friends, family, share them on social, or just play against other users who have already put money on teams. You see here Shohei Atani versus Fernando Tatis. There's an $11 available bet on Shohei Otani. So if you wanted to take Tatis against Otani, you would click on the player, you put the amount, and you place the bet. It's that simple. You can see the uh, player's stats, what they've recently done in the, you know, their projections, how they've done in games. All that is here. You could favorite players. If it's your favorite player and you want to get more challenges in the future from them, you just hit that favorite, that little star there. Right now, MLB, of course, is available. NBA is available. So <laughs> the, the finals is over. But again, you could do that here as well. If there's no bets made at all, you could be the first one to engage. Pick the player of the side you want, who you think is going to have more fantasy points, put your bet amount that you want to put, place the bet, and then somebody else will come along. They'll see that Aaron Gordon is available for a $25 bet against Jokic, and they'll do that. If you don't like what you see on the screen when you initially pull it up, you just hit skip challenge, and you'll just keep getting new challenges. Again, you could also search for the players you want up here. As you see, uh, you know, say you want Pete Alonzo, you're under MLB, of course. You would put Alonzo there in the tab. Your All the different challenges will come up then for Pete Alonzo. The other fun factor is social challenges. You can actually create a challenge. Say me and you were having a debate. I say you know, a certain player will do better than a player you like. We can actually go into the social challenges tab, create a challenge. And again, say I like Jokic. Say you like Bam. We create it. I'll pick the side I want, put the amount I want. I'll place the bet. What you'll do is come in behind that. I'll either send it to you through, uh, you know, text messages. You could post them on social media, however you want to do it. So it's just a fun way to get a friend involved or another user, you know, someone on Twitter, whatever, wherever the case is that you're at. We also have season long coming in the future here for the NFL season. It will be available. Then we have fantasy bingo, which if you look here, these are really fun, right? These are a really fun way to play fantasy. It's a very, it's a unique game to rival fantasy. You won't find it anywhere else. And here, what you're looking at is an MLB bingo card. And so how this works is you'll buy a card. Once you buy the card, you're going to pick a roster. It's in a, you know These are all the particular positions you're going to be choosing from. Once you fill out your roster, then the card uh, appears, it generates. And so you're hoping that with this roster that you've picked, you'll get a line anywhere on here, direct, you know, diagonal, vertical. You can also get four corners or you can fill in the whole card. The payout that you get will, de will be dependent on the kind of win that you get. So the four quarters being the least of the payout, filling the whole card up obviously is the, uh, the, 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 the major goal, of course. If you can hit that, it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, this is a really fun way to play. As you can see, um, Fantasy Bingo is, again, unique to Rival Fantasy. The last game that they have right now available is Fantasy Book, which is a little more traditional for uh, those playing DFS out there, Daily Fantasy. You're basically able to pick anywhere from two to five players. Uh, you're going to pick the over/under on those players. You can actually mix sports as well. So, say you want, you know, two NBA players on here, some MLB players. You're picking the over/under. Uh, what do you think they'll do on their fantasy points? You're, these are fantasy points. So, over/under on their fantasy points, you can bet up to ten dollars, which uh, the ten extra entry on five players. Again, you don't have to do you know five players. You could do two players. Uh, you can have Nicola and, and Jimmy Butler, or you can do one, uh, you know, basketball, one baseball, mix it up a little bit. And uh, again, 
you know, up to $10 on your bet. If you just do two players, it'd be 2.5x your entry. So this, these are the three games that are available right now. As I said, season long will be available. So you'll be able to actually start your fantasy leagues on Rival Fantasy. It's a, a new platform. You'll love it a lot. And then as far as, um, you know, any of the other, cha- everything is here available in one spot. It's your one spot shop for fantasy players. We think we got the best product in the market for you guys. Again, if you love fantasy fo- football, you love fantasy sports, you love fantasy baseball, any of them, this is your one-stop shop. Again, use the description. In the description, there is a link. Use that link. You'll receive the bonus offer involved. Uh, again, if you have any questions about the app itself, we'd be happy to answer them for you. You could drop them in the comments. You can use the contact on the website. You can hit us up on any of our social media platforms at Rival Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere, and we'll be able to get back to you there as well. I appreciate you guys as always for joining me. This is the top three headlines of the week. It's been a great episode. Lots to cover. I want to see you guys in the comments. We got a lot to talk about. That is it for today. I am Neil Maligno. This is the Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. We're out. Oh, 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 oh,